All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and welcome to a Sunday edition of John Solomon Reports. Always glad when you can join us here on the weekend. We have some great interviews from me and my co-host, Amanda Head, this week on television, Real America's Voice, uh, Just the News, Not Noise. We love doing it. We've got a great group of folks. Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, that Kyle Rittenhouse, the one that was acquitted in the Kenosha shooting the one who was canceled and uh, wrongly maligned in the media. He's going to be joining us. Uh, Alan Dershowitz, a great Harvard law professor, has a lot to say about Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson's nomination to the Supreme Court. He's a liberal, but he was very disappointed with her performance, her lack of preparation to answer questions. He also has something very important to say about Donald Trump and the Manhattan prosecutors. Uh, tune in for that. That's a really good one. Scott Perry, the congressman. Uh, we had a great story. I caught journalists gone wild. You heard Greg Piper early in the week. Scott Perry joins us to talk a little bit about why what went on in the U.S. Agency for Global Media is so problematic, so concerning. Not just your tax dollars wasted, but your security potentially jeopardized in this great country. Then Dr. Jay Bhattacharya from Stanford University, one of the great medical experts. And by the way, one of the sages voices when it came to the COVID-19 pandemic. Much of what he said turned out to be true. Very different from people like Tony Fauci, who had a hard time. And then finally, we're going to make you laugh just a little bit because you deserve it after a long week. Michael Loftus, the great comedic writer, the great comedian himself, well, he came on our show and he had me in tears. I literally was crying. You got to hear this. And he created a really fun ditty. Things you'll never hear from a Democrat. Oh, my God, you have to listen to it. I don't want to give it away. But that's our show on Sunday. A lot of substance, a little laughter coming up right after this commercial break. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, 
kidneys and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Just last year, Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted by a jury of his peers on all counts following the deadly riots in Kenosha, Wisconsin. That acquittal came after he had been pilloried for months by false media stories. And he joins us here now, right on this show. Kyle, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me, John. It's an amazing story, an amazing experience you went through. And I, I you know, you've had a little time to reflect. I want to just start off. What is the biggest lesson you took away from all that you went through? You were just a teenager when you went through this. What did you take away uh, from that experience? That you never know what each day is going to bring you and to grow closer to the Lord every single day. That's probably the biggest thing I've learned from this. Is I can I can stay strong as long as I'm strong to our Lord. Amazing. And, you know, one of the actions that you've taken since then is creating the Media Accountability Project. Talk to us about what that is and, and what your goal is for that. Well, the Media Accountability Project consists of two parts. And part A is to hold the media accountable and make them pay for what they did. And then part B, which isn't quite here yet, is to keep them accountable and help independent journalism spread, such as providing grants or new equipment, but also creating like a hub on your phone to where independent journalists can post what they're filming and compared to what mainstream media is saying so people can see the truth of what's happening. Yeah, that gap gets bigger and bigger every day between what the media reports and what the truth actually is. Uh, Kyle, you, you uh, have talked a little bit about suing. Are you any further in your litigation strategy? I mean, you have some targets in mind. And what do you hope to exact from the law, litigation that you go into? Oh, well, we're still working on the lawsuits, getting them getting them done right. Um, and what we hope to accomplish from this is that this never happens to anybody else again. I don't want to see anybody else smeared like how they smeared Nick Sandman. They didn't learn when they had to pay Nick, but I want them to learn that they can't defame people. Yeah, good lesson. Yeah, it, it, I think that for a lot of people, if they had been defamed and besmirched the way that you have, would uh, would have a lot of anger in their heart and, and be mad about it and, and want to exact punishment on these people. But you don't seem to feel that way. You, you talked about your relationship with the Lord and, and thank goodness for the closeness of that, for getting through this. But talk to us about that, that potential anger that you maybe could have felt or maybe you do. Oh, I'm, I'm angry that the media thinks they can get away with lying. They can call, like, like Malcolm X said, 
the media is the most powerful entity on the planet. They have the power to make the innocent guilty and the guilty innocent. And they tried to do that to me. They lied and they almost put me in prison the rest of my life. Thank God the jury didn't buy into the false narratives. Yeah, well, that jury shows a lot of courage because the facts were in front of them. That's the big thing that we learned. Sometimes the facts come out so far after the original media story has already been written. Um, when you look back now, what are some of the more egregious things that stick in your mind that was said about you that you knew wasn't true, but you had to wait for the trial to get the facts out? What are some of the biggest lies that the media perpetrated? Some of the biggest lies that the media perpetrated is they called me a white supremacist. They called me a murderer. And then I think the worst one is they said my mom drove me there. Mm. Wow. Yeah, and a lot of lies that were that were slung around throughout all of this. Um, as you as you are healing from this and you are dealing with the repercussions of a lot of lies that were out there. Thank goodness a lot of them were proven to be lies. But I feel like there are still a lot of people out there who don't know the truth. I have friends here in Los Angeles who oftentimes bring up debunked quote unquote hate crimes. And I always find it astounding that there are so many people who still don't know the truth or the facts about a case. Do you encounter people like that still? Absolutely. Um, some people just aren't willing to go back and watch the trial, but the facts are in the trial. They just believe what was told to them by the news. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, the first report out is often what sticks in people's mind and it's hard to get it fixed once it's out there. And I think that's the great lesson of your case. Um, Kyle, I wanna ask a little bit, I know you're a big Second Amendment advocate. As you've watched this country over the last couple of years as violence has erupted in so many of our cities, you see a movement in legislatures to move towards constitutional carry, permitless carry. I just wonder about your thoughts about that evolution that states realize that the Second Amendment is there to help bring protection. Your thoughts on the evolution of that? Well, I don't really know much about that. I'm not a political person in that realm, but I believe everybody has the right to legally own a firearm and to defend themselves, the God-given right to self-defense. Yeah. Kyle, as, as all of this was, yeah, as all of this was happening for you, the last person that uh, experienced this at the hands of the mainstream media was Nick Sandman. Um, and I know you have a lot of people around you, a lot of legal counsel and, and people who are supporting you, but has he been a support for you? Do you guys stay in communication? Absolutely. Nick has been a, become a really good friend of mine. We text occasionally and talk. Um, he's given me some advice and I've asked him some questions and um, just helping each other through what happened, how we were both smeared by the media at both very young ages. Yeah, that's true. You guys endured a lot more than your age required of you. And it's amazing to watch how you came through it so strong. What was the key for you? I mean, I know you talk about faith, but support system for people who may face this in the future, cancer culture or false accusations, what are some of the things that you turn to to get through these very difficult moments in your life? Well, definitely, definitely the Lord helps me get through this, but also the countless number of support and prayers that people have sent. That's, that's what really helps in my family staying by my side. Yeah, important stuff. Kyle, you, uh, you're at the college age. And I know that you had applied to a school in Arizona, and unfortunately that situation turned sour. 
Uh, I, I want you to fill in our audience on what happened there and also what your college plans are going forward. Um, well, right now I'm actually in college in Arizona, at ASU. Um, at first there were some rough bumps. There was uh, some protests from people trying to prevent me from getting an education. But um, the higher ups at ASU have been really supportive and helpful in making sure that I have a safe learning environment. Yeah, interesting. Now you, you had the chance to meet a lot of amazing people in the last few months. One of them, former President Donald Trump. What was that like and what did you guys talk about? Well, it was really nice meeting Trump at Mar-a-Lago. Um, we just had a regular conversation. Um, we had some of the best cheeseburgers I've ever had in my, at uh, Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> um, definitely 10 out of 10. But he's just a normal, normal guy. Um, he supported me from day one and Trump was right. Yeah, I got to remember remarkable. that. Yeah. yeah, someone of his political stature, just a regular guy. I think a lot of people find that hard to believe, but indeed it is true. Okay, so you're on campus at ASU, and I know you said that you were supported by people that were higher up at ASU, but in your day-to-day -day dealings on campus, are you apprehensive about going into group crowds? Do you have people who approach you and attack you verbally or otherwise? What's that social life for you there? Well, right now it's remote um, um, until I start in person. It's remote right now just to ease back into it. Um, but I haven't experienced much harassment, but I know I definitely feel people's eyes staring at me whenever I go out in public or people judging me because of the false narratives. Yeah, that's amazing. We've got about 30 seconds left, Kyle. Real quickly, big media, big tech, the social media, how much uh, are you shocked that they played a role in censoring you and many others like you? Oh, big tech and um, social media, they made it almost impossible for us to raise funds for my trial to pay for my defense. They keep deplatforming us and censoring us with like from payment processors to um, crowdfunding. It was, it was really difficult. And thank you to everybody who oh. donated. Yeah, you know what, they can try to suppress the effort and make it as hard as they want to, but I have a feeling people are going to circumvent that pretty easily. Kyle Rittenhouse, thank you so much for coming on. We'll be right back. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, 
Thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code just news. Go check it out. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. We have the perfect guest. He's an esteemed constitutional lawyer. I, Harvard Professor Emeritus and host of The Rumble Show, you must watch The Der Show, airing every Monday through Friday at 5.30 p.m. He is Alan Dershowitz. Alan, great to have you here on the show today. I always love to be on your show. You always ask the best questions. And uh, I love your, your, your fellow commentators. So ask Thank ahead. You. Thank you. We're ready. Uh, first up, uh, President Trump sues Hillary Clinton. I didn't see this one coming. Your thoughts about that lawsuit and what he's trying to do? New definition of chutzpah. <laughs> um, you know, you, you just don't sue your opponent in a presidential case after you've uh, lost. The court will probably throw it out uh, saying, you know, this is politics. Uh, answer, you have all the opportunity to respond to it. You did respond to it. It just didn't, doesn't seem appropriate as the basis for an actual lawsuit. Now, of course, um, both Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are the figures. And so... Uh, Donald Trump will have to prove not only that um, he was wrong, that he was defamed, but that the defamation was a product of malice. Malice meaning that either she knew it was wrong or she recklessly disregarded the likelihood that it was wrong. That's a very, very hard barrier to overcome. I know I'm suing CNN and uh, I, I know how difficult it is. We won our motion to dismiss in that case. Because we did show um, uh, that it, it apparently it was was malicious, but it, this is going to be hard. Uh, look, I, I don't blame him for doing it. Uh, he's uh, appropriately angered at what the Democrats did. They 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 did defame him. Uh, there's no question in my mind they did. Uh, but do they meet the, the constitutional standard? I was one of the law clerks that worked on New York Times versus Sullivan, so uh, okay. I go back case and I, I know it very well. Yeah, amazing. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I know that you and I differ in our opinion on judicial philosophy, so I'll just put that out there. Um, 
As far as the line of questioning for uh, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson, obviously Senator Blackburn with the questioning about the definition of a woman, Senator Kennedy and his questioning about when life begins, uh, you might consider these to have been gotcha questions, and maybe they are. But I still feel like she could have been better prepared to answer those. She, I feel like she should have known that those would be coming. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think um, if she was asked, what's a woman? Her answer should have been, I'm a woman. And uh, people who were born with vaginas are, are women. Uh, but uh, there are cases now where people change and transition. And so the definition of what is a woman for legal purposes is a little bit more fluid than it was when we were all growing up. That would have been a perfectly appropriate answer. As far as when does life begin, a perfectly appropriate question. And her answer could be, it's a biological question, it's a legal question, it's a philosophical, it's a religious question. Um, and when the case comes before me, uh, I'll do all the research and make a decision based on the context of the case. Those questions were absolutely appropriate. The inappropriate questions were about her sentencing. Uh, Supreme Court justices don't sentence, and they almost never get cases about sentencing. Those were gotchas. Oh, you're soft on children. You don't protect children. Those were kind of questions designed not so much for her, but for the Republican base. Yeah, and there's no doubt that those are going to be helpful in the fall, but uh, not going to really affect the, the arc of this nomination. Um, when you look at her uh, philosophy, though, Obviously, there are moments where the Supreme Court takes on a question like uh, are sentencing, mandatory sentencing recommendations appropriate? Sure. Uh, is there anything that you learned from her answers that would kind of reflect where she might come down on, on the question of mandatory sentences? Well, it's interesting. Uh, there are three people that have something in common about that. Uh, I helped write the um, sentencing statute that created the Sentencing Commission. I worked with Ted Kennedy and with his assistant, who was then Stephen Breyer. And we worked on designing the Sentencing Commission. Then Steve, when he was a justice, served on the Sentencing Commission, and so did she. So I think we all have the same philosophical approach to sentencing, and that is that they should be uniform as much as possible. They should take into account all the factors, and judges should have less discretion than they used to have. I think we all agree with, with that. Um, now, she's not going to get a case that basically says, should child pornographers be sentenced more harshly or less harshly? Because right. those decisions are made by Congress and by the Sentencing Commission. So um, I, she wasn't as well prepared, for example, as the, the previous nominee, uh, Amy Cohen, Bar Bar she, who, who knew her cases cold, uh, knew more about her cases than any of the senators did. Uh, I don't think she expected to be asked about her sentencing. That, that came out of the blue. Yeah, I think we all remember that iconic moment with Amy Coney Barrett where she holds up her blank notepad and everyone expected her to have copious notes written down. And that was that was pretty impressive. I want to pivot I, I over to some cases without notes also. So I really, really <laughs> was impressed and then identified with her. That's funny. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think. And for the American public, people who are not in the law field as lawyers or judges, I think that that was even more impressive. So bravo to her. I want to pivot a little bit over to uh, social media. You um, have been very vocal about your beliefs on censorship of free speech, our First Amendment. We are seeing a whole nother mass dumping of people on Twitter, uh, Christian, conservative men. It seems like it seems like they've got these not data dumps, but people dumps going on recently and, and more than usual. 
I agree with that. And I worry a little bit about Judge Jackson on that issue, because my one encounter with her took place in 1991, when she, when a white student from Virginia whose grand great grandparents had been um, um, anti-slavery, but members of the Confederacy, this young woman put up a flag, a Confederate flag outside of her window. And then another woman to really show how insensitive it was to put a Confederate flag out the window, put a Nazi flag out the window. And the Black Students Association, of which Judge Jackson was then a member, uh, tried to get both flags taken down. And I represented the woman who put the flag up. I told her I thought it was wrong to put the flag up. She should take it down. But the First Amendment gives her the right to be wrong. So I defended her. We won the case. Harvard did not require them to take down either of the flags. And and Judge Jackson was on the other side of that case. I hope that she's changed her views on that in the last 31 years and understands that some of the greatest threats to freedom of speech come from claims of equality on the other side or inequality on the other side. And I hope she will understand that you can't have equality without having complete freedom of speech in the First Amendment. So I'm waiting. And there were no really good questions about that. That would have been a good set of questions yeah. to ask. Yeah. I got to, Alan, I've known you a long time. I never knew that anecdote before. That's a great anecdote. How about that? Yeah. Um, I also represent okay. Palestine organization students at Harvard when they wanted to put the PLO flag up That's right. to commend Yasser Arafat or memorialize him on his death. And I hate the PLO. I think they're a terrorist organization. But I defended their right to fly the flag, just as I've defended the rights of Nazis to fly and communists to fly their flag. I'm not an absolutist on the First Amendment. I do believe in banning child pornography and uh, if, if actual children are used and um, uh, incitement to violence, but not presidential speeches like January 6th. I don't approve of what President Trump said on January 6th, but everything he said was completely constitutionally protected. So I'm a pretty strong supporter of total freedom of speech. Yeah, I know that you are. Uh, last question. We've got about a minute left, Alan. Uh, the Manhattan District Attorney, the, uh, one of the prosecutors leaves. He doesn't get the outcome he wanted, the case he wanted to indict President Trump. All of a sudden, his letter airing all the grand jury evidence, all the allegations, goes out there, what sort of prosecutorial misconduct may be involved in leaking that information? Well, first of all, grand jury material can't be leaked. If it is leaked, it's a crime. Second of all, prosecutors ought not to comment on cases that they don't prosecute. That was a terrible mistake. Make them. They have cost Hillary Clinton the election. Who knows? Nobody knows for sure. But uh, the former head of the FBI uh, indicating that she had committed you know, serious misconduct but not criminal was a serious mistake. Prosecutors ought to shut up, uh, never speak other than through indictments or to answer claims made by the other side. So um, I hope there's an investigation of, of this and uh, prosecutors are entrusted with, with, with secrets and they should not be leaking them. I don't want to comment on that particular case because I don't know the facts, but right. in general, there are not. Well, uh, Alan, Alan, we Dershowitz, always appreciate when you, so you come much. on. It's such an honor to have you on. We'll be right back. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? 
Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Joining us now to continue our coverage about problems inside the U.S. Agency for Global Media is Congressman Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, the man who made these documents public to the American taxpayers in the congressional record. Congressman Perry, great to have you on the show today. Well, thanks, John. And I will just tell you, uh, Michael Pack is a hero. Most people never heard of him. I found out I never met him before, but I was in a hearing on foreign affairs. Everybody was against this guy, both the left and the right. And it seemed to me in his testimony, he was just trying to get to the truth. I'm like, and I said to myself, what, what's happening here? Why is everybody against this guy? And of course, when I when I dug into it, you know, he just got hired in 2020. Like even in the in the Senate for the confirmation period um, uh, process, they didn't want Donald Trump's guy to go into this place. Nobody seemed to want him in there. And in a very f- small amount of time, he commissioned an investigation and opened up this huge a can of worms, a bunch of snakes under rocks. Nearly half of the people working at this agency in the last eight years hadn't got a security clearance. Now, now, the U.S. AGM, which most people maybe don't recognize it as that, it is also known as the Voice of America or the Voice of Asia, right? So they could get their own security clearance. Now, that has since been revoked, but it was actually suspended at the time. And for eight years, they were just hiring people, many of them America's enemies. So so get this, the taxpayer dollars are going to pay for the voice of America to go out, the voice of freedom, the voice of liberty, and we're actually hiring our enemies to bring that voice. And do you think they were actually bringing the voice of freedom, the voice of America? Absolutely not. And, and the only guy that had the guts to do it in Washington, D.C. was this guy, Michael Pack. And so we got a copy of the report. Now I will tell you. Um, the agency wouldn't give it to us. Uh, we got it legally, but the agency wouldn't give it to us. And we and we asked and asked and asked and uh, and finally told them we had what we had and we were going to release it. And they said, well, you don't have all of it and we're not going to give you the rest of it. John, <laughs> Amanda, the American taxpayers have paid for this. This is corruption at the highest level. There, there's already a guy in jail that, that embezzled thousands and thousands of dollars uh, through this USAGM, not to mention the security uh, issues regarding our enemies. I mean, literally, we're hiring our enemies to speak on our behalf uh, to people that we're wishing to influence who we hope aren't going to be our enemy. Only in Washington. <laughs> Only in yeah. Washington is right. Uh, yeah. Amanda? Okay, so you piqued my interest because whenever I hear, my, my antenna goes up when I hear that both Republicans and Democrats either opposed or supported something because that almost never happens. During right. the confirmation process, why did Republicans oppose him? 
Well, I don't know why. I think they suspected he was going to do what he did, which was rip this thing open and look into it. And it seems to me there's a lot of look, it's like the Ukraine. Unfortunately, they're probably both sides using it as a as a money laundering operation or an ATM. And I, I don't know that I'm not accusing anybody, certainly anybody in elective office. But the swamp is very deep. The deep state is very deep and it, it cuts across political lines and ideologies when it comes to making money or policing the taxpayer. Um, it seems like a lot of people are interested in that on both sides. And I think they knew this. Look, he was only there for he got there in 2020. Think about that. It's already 2022. Right. And, and they got rid of him as soon as they could. But in that period of time, he commissioned this investigation and report. And you guys have a copy of it, at least yeah. a portion of it. Well, we're grateful that you gave that to the American people through the congressional record. Such an important act. You have a new letter out raising questions about some of the journalists, and I'll put those words in quotes, <laughs> uh, 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 who express bias, anti-Trump bias on air or in, in different venues. Tell us a little bit what prompted that letter and what the response has been to it. Well, of course, uh, the, the, the report uh, that we looked at, the, when the, the portions of it that you have prompted the report, we want to know what the hiring paradigm for these people uh, was. And, and we want to know how they were able to be hired without security clearance uh, checks. And, uh, and then what they said, what their motivation, what their bias was, because they clearly did have a bias. Again, they're supposed to be speaking on behalf of America about the good things about America. And that going out, literally the taxpayers are trashing these people to go out or paying these people to go out and trash the country. And so the response, quite honestly, has been a little tepid right now, but I think it's early. I think when John Solomon and Amanda bring the news uh, and just the news, I think that a lot of people are going to become interested and suddenly want to say, hey, we're for the taxpayer, too. We're for transparency. Let's take a look, Mr. Perry. It's not just you. It's us, too. And look, as long as they get there, I don't care how they get there, but they got to get there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, we, we exist in a world where for so long people have bought whatever legacy media sold them, hook, line, and sinker. And I, I think, I hope, we are getting to a new era in America where even folks on the left side of the aisle, they're starting to turn off the Rachel Maddows and the Cuomos because they they realize that what they have been selling them is is completely empty. And the most recent example of that, the New York Times finally, after fighting it for two years, basically, finally acknowledging not just the existence of, but possibly the validity and the veracity of Hunter Biden's laptop from hell. Well, say it ain't so. And the American people are sick of, of trying to believe. They don't know what the facts are. They don't know what to believe in anymore. And of course, that we, as Michael said, these are private organizations, CNN, NF, MSNBC. If they want to lie to their to their audience, uh, I guess they're allowed to do that. But the taxpayers aren't going to be paying for that. But everybody's just looking for the truth on the left, right and the middle. Everybody just wants the truth. They'll figure out what they think about it if you tell them the truth. But they don't know where to go anymore. And unfortunately, in this case, they can't count on even going to their own government. Um, New York Times, look, you know, they've got a long history of lying uh, to CNN, et cetera. But we want to trust our, our, our United States government. So uh, you know, there were portions of this uh, U.S. AGM that were used. They were trying to turn it into a private entity funded with taxpayer dollars to keep it off the books, to, to report the things they wanted to. They already relied on some of these people were already fired for lying about things like artillery strikes. I mean, 
you know, people want to be able to rely on the on the facts and then make up their own mind. But when the facts are in question, uh, it really makes it difficult. I think people are waking up to that. And, and quite honestly, I think it's a, a reason that you're going to have great success in this because people just they want just the news. They'll figure it out. Yeah, so important. Give them the facts. Let them make up their own mind. There Sir, you, you, you love to investigate, but you also like to solve problems. You're an ideas guy. When you see the dysfunction that these reports lay out in these global media agencies, what is the solution? How does Congress get in here, get their hands on it and fix this morass? Well, so it's got to be more than just me. The chairman of the committee, uh, oversight committee, they've got to get the rest of the report, all the report. Then it takes subpoenas. Somebody has to be held accountable. And then we got to put some guardrails on this stuff, obviously. Maybe it's already too big, but it's not being effective. So, And it's been going on for so, so, so long because we don't pay attention to some of these things. This is an incredibly important tool, and it needs our oversight. So unfortunately, when you don't watch things, when the boss doesn't you know, come in and, and, and lift up the hood on something, check underneath and behind the door. These are the kind of things that happen. So we need this very robust oversight. And then you need accountability. And then you need to make sure the standard is known and hold people to the standard. It must happen. Here, here. I love it. Okay, so we got about 90 <laughs> seconds left heading into yeah. midterms. I would love to see Congress chock full of Freedom Caucus type men and women. Me too. We've got a lot of folks that are, yeah, we've got a lot of folks that are getting primaried, people who have been in Congress for, in my opinion, way too long. What are you looking to see come November? Well, look, we want to take the majority for sure. We cannot let the Biden administration continue to go unchecked. We absolutely cannot let Nancy Pelosi be third in line to the presidency or really in charge of any of our policy. But, you know, we're not trying to disparage them. Personally, they're nice people. They just can't be left in charge of anything. The left is literally destroying our country. And then, of course, we want Freedom Caucus people, if we can get them, because not only do they talk the talk, but they walk the walk. So many times at home, you hear different campaigns, and they, oh, they, they sound good if we elect them. And then, and then, of course, they get elected and nothing changes. They keep doing the same things. Freedom Caucus individuals not only walk the talk, walk the walk, but then they're willing to go into Congress. They have the courage to to, to, to do the walk. So it's not just the verbiage, it's uh, it's actually taking the actions. And that that's what we need in Washington, D.C. We've heard too much talk, not enough action. Leaders with courage. That is something the American taxpayer is crying out for. Congressman Perry, we are so grateful for what you did to make these records available to the American public. We have a lot of work ahead of us to illuminate them, but we're really grateful for the time today. Well, thank you. Keep looking. Keep, keep swinging. God bless you. We will, sir. Thank you. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. We are so lucky to have our next guest on here. We spent a lot of the year watching, or last, the last couple of years, listening to Dr. Fauci and our public health officials. But there have been some voices that were right on the money about what was really going on, about the shortages and mistakes in our public health system. And one of those persons is Stanford University medical professor, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya. Doctor, great to have you on the show today. Thank you for having me, John. Um, I, I look at this two-year history now, and we've had a lot of time to absorb it. We're easing some of the restrictions. Do you think we're at a moment where both the American public and the medical profession are willing to look backwards and see where we got things right and where we got things wrong? I mean, in medicine, we have a tradition when you, a patient dies, you have a mortality and morbidity conference where you honestly discuss what went wrong. We are overdue for that. Uh, there have been so many mistakes, so many things that have happened during the pandemic that, that shouldn't have happened. Um, and I think it is, it is uh, if, if the trust in medicine and public health is to be restored, we absolutely must have an honest conversation about that. Dr. Bhattacharya, the CDC very quietly amended their COVID numbers just a few days ago. Fortunately, some conservative uh, media outlets picked it up because they noticed it, but they blamed it on a uh, coding logic error. Does that carry any water for you? Uh, I mean, it's it's definitely easy to make coding mistakes, uh, but to like l let it live. Um, the problem really isn't so much the coding error because they actually have two places where they this was about the number of child deaths. And the CDC has a tracker of how many child COVID deaths there were, but it contradicted a, a more reliable source. The CDC also says um, the problem was that people use the tracker to argue for all these policies restricting kids, uh, saying, oh, the kids are at high risk when in fact, the kids are at very low risk from the from this disease, um, and that's really been the problem all along. Actually, the CDC uh, the, the, and a lot of the other public health agencies have exaggerated the threat to children, uh, in, and and doing so, they've they've sort of panicked parents. I think really the big problem isn't the coding error. The big problem is the CDC's lack of understanding that the restrictions we put on our kids have not accomplished much and have harmed the lives of so many kids. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, when I had you on the podcast, you, you a light bulb went on for me personally, because we're all panicked in the middle of this. We're a journalist trying to cover this out. And you said, listen, we had a pandemic playbook and it said protect the vulnerable and get everybody else back to normal using risk mitigation. And we did the opposite. You said we actually sent people to the nursing homes and then we, uh, we, we, we locked down the people who had the best chance of surviving. Do you think that people are ready to walk away from that model and go back to the original pandemic preparation models? that we all had for 10 or 20 years before this. I mean, I think the people that push these policies, uh, Francis Collins, the head of the National Institute of Health, uh, Tony Fauci, of course, everyone knows who he is. They have a lot of ego and they have a lot at stake in making th people think that they did the right thing. But I don't see how you can look at the results. The mil almost a million people died with COVID. Uh, you have uh, catastrophic harms to, the, to both the physical and psychological health of the populations. In many places, a year and a half of missed schooling, especially infecting the poor. Uh, you have uh, anxiety and depression that's through the roof. Still, uh, you have these uh, two-tier society where one class of people have been, uh, you know, because they decided not to get vaccinated, they lose their jobs, they can't go to the restaurants, they can't go to museums, they, they can't, their kids can't go fly. I mean, it's it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, what the harm they've done is so catastrophic, they just have to be a revision, but they're very powerful and they're going to work very hard to, to like make it look like that they, that they, that they did the right thing. Um, I don't think it's going to work. I think um, people have understood 
that, the, that there were huge mistakes during the pandemic in the policy we followed, it, it, ones that have led to the, 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 the collapse of trust in public health. And, and I think that that, that revision, is, it may actually take an election to get there, unfortunately, John, but uh, I know that there's a deep desire among, the, among the, uh, so many people to see uh, did what we did, was what we did really necessary? And I think what we're going to conclude is it wasn't. There was an alternate path, a path of protecting the vulnerable, letting society work as, as well as it could, given that we are as a pandemic, without disrupting too much the lives of people who weren't vulnerable. That was the alternate path possible. Places that followed, places like Sweden, actually have done better than most other places. That's amazing. Well, I admire your optimism that going forward, they won't maneuver in the same way. I, I unfortunately don't have that same faith in these folks, especially Dr. Fauci. But if we do have some sort of spike in the future, you know, the vaccines were all the rage for a long time. Obviously, Pfizer's recommending a fourth booster for a lot of people. But we know that that strains going forward are not going to be nearly as fatal. Do you do you see this trend of of getting vax, getting vax, get your vax, get your vax? Do you see that kind of waning as we move towards something that may be more transmissible but less fatal? Yeah, I think the the thing is a lot of the population is now uh, actually immune. They either had the disease and recovered, which provides fantastic protection against severe disease if they get reinfected. Uh, or they've had the vaccines, some people three doses of the vaccines. Um, uh, the, there's no evidence that I've seen that indicates a fourth dose is necessary. And if Pfizer is going to push for a fourth dose, I want to see a real solid randomized trial that establishes the need for it. You can't just assume that it's the right thing to do just because the Pfizer uh, president says to, says to do it. So the, the, I think going forward, because there's this widespread immunity, um, again, both because of the vaccine and because of COVID recovery, we will see uh, future waves, but we will not see the same kinds of deaths and hospitalizations that we saw per case that we saw in March of 2020. Uh, the panic, I think, has finally started to subside almost two years in. And so I'm actually quite optimistic going forward. I don't think the demand for these lockdowns and these lockdown policies is there anymore. Yeah, I think that's right. Doctor, we got about 90 seconds left. Real quickly, therapeutics, they seem to have been pushed out of the conversation for the first year, year and a half. You were one of the big advocates. Got to have an all approach. Uh, where did we go wrong in that? And why did we go wrong in that? You know, John, there's a there's a randomized trial that's supposed to check whether ivermectin works. One of these very controversial, they call, the FDA called it horse paste, even though it's saved right. both, uh, both side of billions. Um, I, the, the, uh, the, that trial, funded by the National Institute of Health, Tony Fauci's group, actually is due to be done in March of 2023. We did not put nearly the effort we needed to put into developing good uh, therapeutics, although now we're starting to have some. So I think it's it's uh, finally on the other side of that. Wow, that is good news. That is good news indeed. Real quick, we got about 20 seconds. Just uh, what's the biggest lesson we need to learn from this last few years? You need a much broader set of people with expertise, not just in epidemiology and virology. They are not equipped to run every aspect of society. Uh, we found out that with the hard way during the pandemic. Yeah, we sure did, sir. Thank you so much for your time today and for speaking out the way you did when it was a dangerous time to do so. We're very grateful for that, sir. Thank you, John. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. As promised, we've got a little bit of comic relief for you. We are joined now by comedian and executive producer of the comedy show, That Show Tonight, Michael Loftus. Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. We're, uh, we're here in the studio. We've got construction going on. So hopefully the, your viewers will find uh, jackhammers to be entertaining and, and humorous. Our viewers are salt of the earth people. They're probably used to those sounds anyway. Okay, before we begin, I want to play a short. Yeah, I want to play a short clip for our audience so they can kind of get an idea of what your show is about. So watch with us. I don't think guns are the problem. You know, if I get this COVID, I'm going to give ivermectin a shot. Well, when you look at it, I'm starting to think there's something wrong with Joe Biden. Maybe not everybody who disagrees with us is racist. I was wrong. You guys, come on. It's the national anthem. Stand up. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody knows it. It came from China. Believe me. Let's just put our emotions aside and think about this logically. Ah. Hey, don't worry about calling AAA, honey. I'll change that flat tire myself. I love this country. I wouldn't change a thing. Michael, it's so funny, but it's also, it's also so sad because it's all true. But I did notice some famous cameos in there and I thought it was absolutely fantastic. What inspired you to start this show? Well, it's um, having been fortunate enough to have a a relatively long career writing on sitcoms in in Hollywood and being on the the wrong side of the aisle, if if you will. It's just so much comedy is just being left untapped. I mean, you have you have all these insane things going on in the world and you're like, I can't be the only person who thinks this is not only crazy, but also kind of funny. So uh, some friends of mine, some really cool people, we decided to do uh, a right leaning version of SNL, for lack of a better term. You know, it's it's sketch comedy. There's nothing mean spirited. It's stuff like that. We're, We're just making fun of the hypocrisy and the idiots. But evidently. Uh, that's that skit that we we just showed. I want to thank your producers for pulling a good one. Uh, evidently, uh, that qualifies as as some kind of rule breaker for TikTok. We were just banned uh, from TikTok literally just a, a few hours ago. No warning, no heads up, no hey, you violated a rule. It's just it's just you're gone. So in a way, I dig it. You know that means someone's someone's scared. And uh, we're not going to stop. You can't you can't stop us with censorship. It's a, it's it's an optimistic show. It's a fun show. We're just teasing. And if you can't tease these people, if you can't make fun of a horrible idea, then maybe your idea sucks. 
<laughs> I think you're right. Uh, listen, you see that and you laugh. That's the comedy I grew up on. You watch that clip and we all used to laugh. And it, you know, it, it, uh, politicians were equal opportunity. It didn't matter if you're right or left. So there's, uh, the idea that that gets you censored is almost has me uh, jumping out of my chair in disbelief. But we live in crazy times. Tell us a little bit about the tour you're doing. You're, you're going to be expanding, right? And going around the country at some point, right? Well, right now we are we are focusing on producing as many of these live shows. It's thatshowtonight.com. Uh, we have our own servers, so we can't be censored. How sad is that? Like, I'm used to going into like a Hollywood meeting and you just pitch an idea for a show and they're like, yay, hooray. But now you've got to get your own servers. You have to have a whole computer tech team. Yeah, it's like we've got our own version of NASA going on down here. I just want to tell jokes for the love of God. So we've got this phenomenal space, the America First Warehouse. We do a live show. We we can squeeze in like 150, 160 people. The tickets go like that. And as word gets out, some super talented people have uh, joined the cast. We've got uh, Nick Searcy, veteran. You've seen him in so many big Hollywood movies. He's fantastic. Uh, we've got uh, Christy Swanson, who was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She's going to be doing some stuff. There's a guy named Jim Brewer. I don't know. He might be around here somewhere. Jim Brewer showed up. <laughs> this is too much fun. This is too much fun. How is not everyone howling? I watch anything for 10 minutes. I go... This is hilarious. Where's the laugh track every time Biden talks? Where is it? There's room. I, I knew it. I knew we were going to get the parrot. <laughs> yes. There's a million parrots. Yeah. We're, we're, we're filming a show this Saturday. Misinformation. And, and the, I'm pretty sure the parrot. <laughs> oh, Misinformation. God. White supremacist. Racist. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, God. Michael, we've just got 90 seconds left, so I want to make sure that everyone has the information they need to purchase tickets and to support that show tonight. So I know you said thatshowtonight.com. Is that where people can buy tickets for the live shows? That is. Thank you so much. Yeah, thatshowtonight.com. And, and we, yes, if you if you probably you're not going to get in for this show. This show is is sold out. It happens so fast. But we're live streaming. You can watch it from the comfort of your own home. Just go to that show tonight. And uh, you're supporting a great cause. And I'm a firm believer that uh, politics is downstream from pop culture. And that's the reason for all this censorship. They don't want people pointing out their hypocrisy and just how crazy it is. Bid forever. (laughs) Forever. (laughs) Folks, if you want more of this, you know what you got to do. You got to tune in. Go there tonight, go to the live stream and watch it. It is as hysterical as you just saw. Michael, thank you so much for spending so much time with us today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? 
Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Thanks, folks. I'm so glad you joined us today. Welcome back from that last commercial break. I want you to have a blessed Sunday. I hope the spring weather is treating you well, that you're getting good time with friends and family, maybe watching a little March Madness on the basketball court, uh, whatever it is you're doing. I hope God blesses you, and he blesses this incredible country of the United States. Thank you for listening to John Solomon Reports, the Sunday edition from justthenews.com. We'll be back tomorrow with a really fascinating interview. Get ready, get ready for this. Lauren Adams, she's a very liberal feminist, a very liberal feminist, the legal director for the Women's Liberation Front. But she has some things to say about putting biological males in females' prisons like they're doing in California, allowing Leah Thomas to compete against biological females uh, and many of the other things going on in this world that I know has you oftentimes scratching your head saying, is this really the America we want to live in? Well, Lauren Adams, great interview tomorrow uh, from the Women's Liberation Front. Well, listen, it's a very liberal group, but it has found a lot of common ground with conservatives in recent weeks and months. Uh, a really fun interview coming up. And then my good friend Jason Foster from the Whistleblower Center is going to join us. Uh, a major, major case of whistleblowing blew up late last week inside the VA, the Veterans Administration. You definitely want to check that out. So that'll be tomorrow's show. But first off, enjoy the rest of your weekend with family and friends, maybe a little basketball as well. God bless. Good night. Talk to you soon. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z -Pak. The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.